an hour of truth for the battered but proud people of the Empire State. From the financial and entertainment epicenter of New York City to the sleeping and empty small cities and towns of upstate, which once bustled with manufacturing, mining, and farming. We all know from inspiration, history, and nature, we deserve a return to the success and growth of generations past, a birthright being squandered by corruption in Albany, and the depredations of an insecure, scheming mountebank posing as governor, who loathes both us and himself. As liberty beckoned to enslaved peoples behind the Iron Curtain via American broadcasts after World War II, we now say, believe, rise, and join us. Welcome to Radio Free New York. Yes, 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 it is Larry Sharp here. You're lunchtime on Thursday, yes, host of The Sharp Way, and of course, here at Radio Free New York, W-Y-S-L, W-E-N-Y slash I in Elmira Corning, The Patriot, and of course, W-A-C-K in Newark, New York, not Jersey. Reach out to me, 585-346-3000. Well, I know people have been talking about it, and I'm going to talk about it too. It's in my city, Staten Island, New York City. The sheriffs, the cops, the uh, authorities came in and arrested a guy who was the manager of a place called Max. Max Pub was in such bad shape from the coronavirus shutdowns that the owner, Keith, I, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right, uh, Mac McAlarney, I hope that's correct. Please, if you are listening, correct me, I'm, you can please said there was nothing else to do. The fines were adding up. The bills were adding up. He was literally being robbed of his property, robbed of his ability to make a living. He was desperate. And desperate people do desperate things. So we've set up an environment to create desperate people and then we're shocked and angry when they do desperate things. Now, I know some people might say, well, wait a minute. I mean, they actually arrested this guy? That's terrible. No. No. It's New York City. New York City. We're okay with that. Arrest him. Absolutely. You you broke the rules. We don't care if the rules make sense. We don't care if the rules hurt you. You broke the rules. Away you go. Let me purposefully show you the power of the state. Let me show you that. Let me show you the power of the state because that's what matters. It doesn't matter if it actually works. It doesn't matter if it helps or, or, or hurts you. What matters is look at my power. You will do as I say or I will take away your livelihood. And if I punish you, take your punishment. That's it. That's the answer. But what would I say to that? What I would say to you. I told you so. But Larry... It's the evil Democrats. So, Larry, it's the evil Republicans. No, it's the evil both. It's the evil both. New York City, heavily Democrat. Staten Island, heavily Republican. And all those cops and all those sheriffs that came in, I guarantee you most of them are Trump supporters. Yep, if you know Staten Island like I do, most of them are Trump supporters. Why do you think His Majesty King Andrew II, all hell king, is always complaining about Staten Island? Always. He hates Staten Island. 
because they hate him. Yet they still did it, didn't they? They still did it. Reminds me of a movie. Some of you may have watched the movie. It's a, from a couple years back. It's a movie called Valkyrie, and it has Tom Cruise in it. And it's actually about um, a German officer during World War II. And there was a movement to get rid of Hitler. They were trying to kill him. They tried to kill Hitler about 40 times, the Germans did, and they failed every time. And this is about the one of the last and biggest ones that actually almost worked. There was a German officer, I don't remember his rank, I think he was a colonel, uh, Klaus von Stauffenberg, nice good German name, and Tom Cruise plays him. And the, the idea is they kill Hitler, that was the goal, with a bomb, and then they tell others that someone else tried to kill Hitler, and so now the German National Guard has to take over Germany to defend it against the people who tried to kill Hitler, right? That's, that's the plan. When in reality, they're the ones who did it. So they do the bomb. If you see the movie, another story, the bomb blows up. Hitler doesn't die in the bomb. He's actually protected. He doesn't die in the bomb. Other people do. But when the bomb goes off, there's confusion. People don't know. So the German National Guard begins to take over Germany uh, to, to stop the coup. And then at one point, they figure out what's happening. And the general who's in charge of the German National Guard realizes this and says, what coup? We are the coup. We're the coup. Oh, my God. Well, I would argue that those cops on Staten Island, they're the coup. They're the bad guys. They're not the good guys in this case. And if you know me at all, you know I'm not anti-cop. My father was in law enforcement. My father was a, a, a subway cop, and then he was a, um, he was a uh, corrections officer at Rikers Island. I'm saying at one point, you have to stop. At what point you have to? There are literally cops in front of Max Pub to stop people from going in. Why? I want to take a difference, look at the difference between New York City and Western New York. In Western New York, a similar thing happened. Similar, not the same, but similar. Sheriffs came in to a place of a private place of business, and there were business owners there. And those business owners were upset, talking about how the lockdowns are destroying everything, and the cops came in and shut it down. And all those business owners said, no, you have to go away. Have some compassion. And you know who was one of the people, business owners, leading that pushback? Dwayne Whitmer. Yeah, a libertarian running for Congress in New York's 27th this year. November was the election. And Western New York decided, we don't want that guy. We'd rather go for the Democrat-Republican, who are literally choking us. Western New York said, no, no, we'd rather be choked to death. We're okay with that. Go ahead. As long as my guy chokes us to death. The Democrats wanted the Democrat to choke him to death, and the Republicans wanted the Republican to choke him to death. And Dwayne said, how about we choke nobody? How about nobody gets choked? And he pushed back along with those other entrepreneurs from Western New York. And guess what happened? The sheriffs left. They didn't shut it down. The sheriffs walked away. The sheriffs realized, holy crap, we are the coup. And they left because they didn't want to be that. But Staten Island sheriffs? No, they are totally okay. They are totally okay destroying their own. They're totally okay destroying their own. When are they going to stop? Yeah, I'm doing and I told you so. I am. 
because I did warn you of this when I ran in 2018. I told you this was going to happen. This is the future. And people still went back to their old ways. We're going to vote Democrat or Republican. No change. And then complain. Dwayne Whitmer ran in Western New York. And everybody went back to their Democrat, Republican, and then complained. New York City. The one thing I'll give New York City here, I mean, this is one thing I got to give us. Look, we stab ourselves and are happy about it. We're like not complaining. We're like, okay, beat us up. We're all masochists. So at least we're not complaining, I guess. We're just sitting here taking it. And our cops are giving it to us and we're just taking it. So I guess we just take it, I guess. We're, We're not thinking about getting rid of anything. We're defunding the cops. That's what we're doing. Yeah, let's have, let's have more anarchy. It's all good. Let's crush, crush the whole thing. Um, but I don't want us to think that just because someone's authority that they're right. And that's the entire point of my rant. These are cops who are supposed to be protecting us. And the Staten Island sheriffs are not doing that. They are not doing that. There's an old saying first, do no harm, right? That comes from the uh, the doctor's Hippocratic Oath, right? First, do no harm. That's not what government says. Government says, first, show my power. Show my power. Second, see first. That's it. They might say, but Larry, you can be, go either way on this. You can support the cops. You can support the business owner. You can say, look, Larry, the, the cops... They're just doing their job. You can say that. Well, the, the the sheriffs in West New York were doing their job too, and they walked away. They walked away. Why didn't these cops walk away? They could have. They chose not to. They chose not to. But Larry, what do you expect? To walk away. That's what I expect. I mean, look, for those of you who know who I am, I'm biracial. I'm black on my father's side, white on my mother's side. And my relatives on my father's side, they were slaves. So are you telling me if you, and I mean you listening to me, if you lived in Pennsylvania in 1845, an escaped slave came out of Virginia or Kentucky or wherever and escaped over the border into Pennsylvania. I think in the 40s, there was already the, uh, the return to slave laws. I think there were. I, I'm assuming they were for this story. So there's laws that you have to return a slave back into slavery. Would you be the person to do it? I sure hope not. I'm sure hope you will go, good for you, slave, good luck. Freedom, good for you. And I'm saying there are cops who are thinking the same way. And they need to. That's important. Larry Sharp, Radio Free New York, 585-346-3000. Back after the break. listening to Radio Free New York. If you are upset by what we have done, be upset at me. County executive did not do this. The village mayor did not do this. The city mayor did not make these decisions. 
I made these decisions. It's not your local elected officials. I know they caused disruption. I know people are upset. I know businesses will be hurt by this. destroyed literally destroyed your majesty literally destroyed all hail the king yes larry sharp here radio free new york wysl weny slash i l my recording the patriot and wack newark new york 585-346-3000 that's our governor new york state governor his majesty king andrew cuomo the second all hail the king saying that blame him except when he's in a conference a press conference then is blame everyone else yeah never never blame him but here's the problem years ago back about four or five years ago i made an attempt a failed attempt to be the vice presidential candidate for gary johnson in 2016. During that time, we did debates and things of that sort, and I was trying to maneuver this. It didn't work, obviously. But I made a statement then that holds true now. And I said, Republicans want to be your father and protect you from everything. Democrats want to be your mother and give you everything. I want to be your brother. That's it. I just want to be there for you. I want to be the guy, not who protects you from everything or gives you everything, but you love, and I love you, but we don't want to live together. I got it. No worries. And when you need that ride to the airport, you give me a call. I'll give you the ride. It's fine. I'm your brother. It's good. That's what I want to be. That's what I want government to be. Not big brother like 1084. I mean an actual brother. Imagine if we would think of it that way. Think of government not like a mother or a father figure or a parental figure that always has to insert power, always has to tell you what to do and protect you, but instead is there when you need them. A government that's more like a fire department. You call them when your house is on fire and they come because you call them and you need them. And if you need more government, you call for more government. All good. And if your house is never on fire, maybe you never call the fire department. Up to you. Imagine if we even just thought that way and could move government closer to that. We're not there at all. We're not. Now, the mother-father example isn't always accurate, but the concept is true. Government wants to be one of your parents, depending upon what's happening. And what I'm saying is we should be thinking of much more of a brother-sister-sibling relationship with our leaders than our mom or our dad. And sadly, we often don't. And that's the problem. Imagine, imagine if it's February of this year and we're unsure about corona and we're getting scared of it, right? All the stuff's happening and we're getting scared. And instead of saying... We need mandatory lockdowns. We have to shut the subways down or we have to shut down the, the schools or whatever was the thing we were talking about. Instead, our governor came out, and I know it's impossible to imagine this from our current governor, but please come into a fantasy world with me for a moment of leprechauns and unicorns and just come into that world for a couple of minutes. Imagine if instead he said something like this. New York, I'm actually unsure how bad this is. 
and we actually are unsure how bad this is going to be. We don't know if it's weaponized from China or if it's a mistake. We don't know if, where it's actually from exactly yet. We're unsure. Things are pointing all over the place. Eventually, we will find out and we'll give you the data when we know. Until then, I'm asking you, not mandating, I'm asking you to be extra careful until we figure this out. I'm asking you to wear a mask if you can to help out because what we do know about this is it does affect the elderly and those people who have pre-existing conditions. That we're sure of. We know it affects them. So can we go out of our way to protect them and not send them back to nursing homes? Can we instead go out of our way to protect those people because we know they're in trouble? And can we try the other things like distancing and washing your hands and paying attention to your hygiene in general more than you usually would because we don't know how bad this is going to be? And you know what I'm going to do as governor? I'm going to do what I want you to do, right? I'm not going to give you orders and then ignore them. Instead, I'm not going to give you any orders. But because I'm worried and I want to keep people happy, I'm going to wear a mask. And I hope you'll copy my example. I hope you will. And I'm also going to have the government employees that I control, the state-level ones, when they interact with the public, they will have to wear a mask. That I'll do because that I can do as governor. I'll mandate that with the, with the public employees who face the public. So we'll do that too. Thank you so much. I ask only one thing of all of you. Please be as transparent as possible in all the data that you gather on this so we can figure out what the right answer is. Just imagine that. If that's what happened, I can tell you what would have happened already. This would not have been politicized. You would have had a choice to wear the mask or not, or to find other ways or not, or to wash your hands or sanitize your hands better or not. Without question, all retail establishments would have created their own protocols to make this work. And we would have found out what works, what's happening, where we would have found out who's getting corona and who's not. Because there would have been different answers, different ideas. The idea, the concept that centralized control and one idea of doing everything is the right answer is scientifically wrong. Where's the control group? Yeah, there is none. But instead, if you have people doing different things and then now you see different results from each, you can go, oh, what those guys are doing, that makes some sense. Look at that. And then imagine if three months later, the governor came back out and said, hey, we've been looking at data and here's what seems to work. It looks like if you're a retail establishment, do A, B, and C. I'm going to put that on the government website. Please follow that. It's a good idea to follow those. And in fact, it's different if you're in a county like Hamilton County versus Queens County. And in Hamilton County, they found this works. In Queens County, they found this works. I'm going to put that up on a website also. Imagine that. And then whichever one works best, I'm going to implement that in the public sector here with the, with the state government employees that I control. And I'm going to implement those in those in those offices. And I hope that you will follow me. Imagine what a difference it would have made in this state. People wouldn't be angry and fighting. It wouldn't be politicized. They'd say, yeah, that does work in Hamilton County. We should do that. 
that might work in Wyoming County. Wyoming County is far more like Hamilton County than it is Queens. Why don't we try the Hamilton way? That might work. Let's do that. That's what would happen naturally. And we'd be able to move and function through this entire time. Florida has decided, I'm not shutting down. I don't care. And people are still moving to Florida in droves. Yet we're still having problems in New York State again. All over the country. But we've been through shutdown. So you know what's actually going to happen? We're going to have to fight our way through this, this virus going through our country as it was going to go through anyway. But now we hate each other. But now we've destroyed our economy. Now we've devastated small business and, and raised big businesses up to godlike status. That's what we've done. Instead of following what I said, we would have still had to fight through whatever this virus was going to do. But we would have had the appropriate protocols to survive in this environment. And it wouldn't have been politicized. And we wouldn't hate each other. Would people die? Yes. People are dying now. Yes. That wasn't going to change. I wish I had godlike power to change that. I don't. But can I set up an environment to where people aren't desperate doing desperate things? To where people like Danny Priestie in Staten Island aren't being arrested and losing their freedom? Could I have stopped that? Yes, I could have. We don't have to fight about these things. It's not required. Am I wrong? 585-346-3000. Larry Sharp, host of the Sharpway Show, here on Radio Free New York. Listening to Radio Free New York. I get the economic hardship. Everybody gets it. Everybody feels it. You want to go to work? work? Go take a job as an essential worker. Do it tomorrow. No, there are people hiring. You can get a job as an essential worker. So now you can go to work and you're not going to kill anyone. So now you can go to work and you're not going to kill anyone. I love that. That's how he thinks. That is our king, His Majesty King Andrew II, all hail the king. Larry Sharp here, host of the Sharpway Show. Please follow me on all the internet things from Instagram to Facebook to YouTube and all those things here on W-Y-S-L-W-E-N-Y slash I and Amira Corning, the Patriot, and W-A-C-K Newark. Reach out to me today, now, 585-346-3000. Happy to be here, Radio for New York. I was just talking about what would happen. If we didn't have the mandate, if we just took a more calmer approach, one that just says, hey, we're unsure. Here's what I believe. Let me set the example and hope that you follow. And let me help you to find that answer. And let me use you to help me find the answer. Let's do that. Let's work together. And figure out what the right answer is. Now, we have to give orders. 
And the thing that drives me personally crazy is in New York City, my city where I live, I live in Queens, New York, we decided that everything was bad. The subway is a super spreader. We've got to shut that down and, and, and no one could go on it and we got to spray it down every day and go crazy. And the schools, oh my God, super spreaders. The kids are going to get it, take it back, kill the parents. You heard what His Majesty said. You're not going to kill somebody. You're going to kill people. If you go to the subway or you go to school, you're going to kill people. None of that was true. Schools are not super spreaders. Subways, not super spreaders. I was in the subway at least three or four times every week until last March. Until they shut it all down. Until His Majesty deemed me non-essential. I didn't get it. It wasn't. I don't, I'm not saying COVID doesn't exist. I'm not against people taking precautions. I'm against the mandates and the hyperbole, the exaggeration. The world is ending. You're going to kill somebody. In one of his press conferences, the governor said, I'm sorry, his majesty said, I want to treat him right. His majesty said, I was talking to someone from Staten Island. Yes, he can't stand Staten Island. He says, you know what? You do what you want to do, and if you, your family gets sick, it's all on you, not on me. You know, you got to find a, uh, an ambulance that'll take him to the hospital. You got to find people, you know, who, who will deal with this. You're going to put 30 people at risk. And I thought this whole time that my taxes and my insurance payments is what got me my health care. That's what I thought it was. I guess, I guess it's His Majesty himself personally paying for all of our health care and making sure an ambulance gets to your house. I guess he's in the dispatcher. He's in the dispatch office figuring it out. But the funny thing is he actually does think it's all him. He does. And he used hyperbole and said, you're putting 30 people at risk, going to kill somebody. Meanwhile, within about six months of our lockdown, both the CDC, which he used to quote all the time, and the WHO, which he used to quote all the time, both said lockdowns are a bad idea. Lockdowns do more harm than good. Lockdowns do more harm than good. Remember from the first segment today? Do no harm? No, that's not government's mantra. It's a doctor's mantra. The government's mantra is show your power. Show no weakness. Show your power. So we have a chance? Show our power. Like those horrible situations in Staten Island when they're closing down Max Pub. Like us trying to shut down schools and subways. Like us creating this fear so that now we can do whatever we want. But it always backfires. It always backfires. Hyperbole. Exaggeration. Government making dictates. Always backfires. And I'll give you one that was happening before this. That's even across the country, even across the world. Cannabis. Marijuana, the exaggeration, it's as, as deadly as, uh, as, as, as cocaine. So schedule one drug. Once you start you know, smoking weed, you'll be dead in a week. I mean, just horrible stuff. Don't touch drugs. Gateway drug, you're all going to die. 
That's exaggeration. Is it a good idea to smoke weed every day? Eh, for most of us, probably not. I mean, some people who have chronic pain, it might be the right answer. But for most people, that's probably not a good idea. But it's fine. It's not deadly. It's not going to kill you. It's not, you're not going to all of a sudden, you know, start doing crack or, or meth. That's not true at all. And if we just would have been honest with people and said, hey, you know what? For most people, you probably shouldn't smoke weed all day. Which is true. Just be honest. And you know what happened? Most people wouldn't smoke weed all day. Some would. Some do now. Except now there's a massive amount of fear, a police state around it, and people are having their lives ruined over it. But let me go the opposite way. Opioids are safe. Remember that? Oh, totally safe. The government decides that opioids are safe so they can get prescribed through doctors. But the reality of it is, opioids are not safe. Well, for some people they are. As a general rule, they're, they're definitely not as safe as cannabis. If you start smoking weed tomorrow, I'm not at all endorsing that. Do whatever you want. I, I'm the squarest guy in the world here, by the way. The only drug I use is caffeine. Only Mormons have me beat. Everybody else, I got beat. I'm square. I don't even drink. But if you want to start smoking weed tomorrow, okay. That's your thing. The odds of you going crazy or doing crazy stuff is slim. But what if you start taking opioids tomorrow? Yeah, you might actually be smoking crack or taking meth. Yeah, because that's what happened. 80% of our addicts somehow came off of opioids. Does that mean we should ban opioids? No, it means be honest about them too. For some people, some pain, opioids are the right answer. Absolutely. But for a lot of people, opioids are not the right answer. They lead to terrible things for a lot of people. So let's be honest about that. Let's have that conversation. Why can't we have a conversation? Why does government off, not often, most of the time, not maybe often, often have to be a dictate? If I believe it to be true, it must be a law. What a terrible idea. What a terrible concept. This goes back to we have to enforce the king's will. Is it still 1200 in Europe? Are we in medieval times? Is that where we are? Sometimes I think we are. Why do you think I call uh, the governor the king? He says it, therefore it must be law. He believes it, therefore it must be law. No. Example is okay. Conversation is a good thing. If someone wins an office, mayor, uh, county executive, governor, insert thing here, they have the bully pulpit. Use it to talk, to influence, to convince, not to dictate and to punish. And this is what I hear all the time. And sadly, as Americans, we're usually okay with it. As long as the guy who's doing the dictating is dictating the way we want him or her to. So if I'm Republican, as long as he's a Republican guy dictating, we're good. If I'm Democrat, if he's de Democrat dictating, I'm good. And my argument is, in the long run, as more and more begin to dictate, that becomes the norm. Your guy or your gal is not going to be in power at one point. And you're going to be unhappy. And things are going to get desperate, as we see. And desperate people do desperate things. But people who communicate and talk back and forth 
all of a sudden things change. You want to build loyalty between you and somebody or other people. It's not about shaking my iron fist and saying, I'm in charge. See, fear me, fear me. Sadly, we think that's what loyalty is, out of fear. No. Real loyalty is being vulnerable with each other. Knowing that my support of you, and I hope your support of me, is stronger and deeper. Even through pain, even through failure, even through loss. That we still want to support each other. That is real loyalty. That is a way that we can build our state back and build our country back. Government should be far more like a sibling than a parent, and we should be talking a whole lot more than mandating. We should lead by example, not by dictate. Larry Sharp here on Radio Free New York, back after the break. Radio Free New York. You don't wear a mask for yourself. You wear a mask to protect me. I wear a mask to protect you. You could literally kill someone because you didn't want to wear a mask. We could literally kill someone because you didn't wear a mask. That is his majesty saying that if you don't wear a mask, you're a murderer. Oh, my God. Larry Sharp here, host of The Sharp Way. Please follow me on all the internet things. But I'm here now. Radio for New York, W-Y-S-L, W-E-N-Y slash I, Elmira Corning, the Patriot, and W-A-C-K, Newark, New York. You know, very often, Democratic rhetoric actually sounds good. The question is, what happens afterwards, right? But very often, it sounds good. And I got to tell you, Biden has better rhetoric than Cuomo does. Biden's rhetoric is... We're all in this together, wear a mask, it's a patriotic duty. This sounds awesome. I love the way it sounds. And if I actually believed it would stop right there, I'd actually be on board. And I mean that. If if that's all they were to do, we're all in this together, patriotic duty, I'm going to wear a mask, I'd be like, go Biden. That's great. Do that. Why don't others do that? That'd be amazing. But you and I know that's not the end. That's the beginning. That's to prep you for the hammer that's coming. That's the issue. I like the rhetoric, though. I do. The worst part, though, is Cuomo's rhetoric, I'm sorry, His Majesty's rhetoric, isn't even that good. His is such hyperbole. It is, you're going to kill people if you don't wear a mask. And what I would ask someone is, where's the data that shows that if you don't wear a mask, you kill people? Yeah, there's none. Is there, do masks help? Odds are they do. I actually haven't seen the data, but the odds are they do help. The odds are they do. That's why medical personnel wear masks. I'm sure it helps. But do I then go to kills people? And you wonder why people fight. The, the I think it was the CDC director. Ooh, maybe it was. I'm not sure. But it was one of the government officials recently, and a federal government official, I think CDC, but I, I may be wrong on that, said something like, and I'm going to paraphrase, this is going to be the worst um, epidemic we've had in public health history. 
again, hyperbole, exaggeration, it's just not helpful. Just have a conversation. There is no way in the world that COVID is the worst in public health history. I'm blown away by that. This is a government official saying that. Of course that's not true. Again, I'm not saying COVID doesn't exist. Of course it exists. But why can't we just be honest about what we know, what we don't know, and how deadly it actually is? Worst in public health history? Worse than the 1920, what was it, 19, 1920 Spanish flu? No. Worse than the plague in the, what, 1300s? No. Not in public health history. No, absolutely not true. There have been worse plagues. Worse than Ebola in in Africa? No, not at all. Not even close. This is the kind of thing that makes people fight. These are the kinds of lies, not lies. Well, they are lies, but I feel bad calling them lies. I'd rather call them exaggeration because if you call it a lie, then someone goes, oh, so COVID's a hoax. I'm not saying COVID's a hoax. It's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying it's not as bad as the worst in public health history. And it's and I think masks do help. I mean, I'm assuming they do. The, the medical personnel wear them, so I'm assuming masks help. But it's if you don't wear a mask, you're a murderer. This type of conversation, this type of rhetoric is hurtful. And I don't mean hurtful like you hurt my feelings. I mean, I guess it could hurt someone's feelings, but that's not what I mean by hurtful. I mean, it hurts the public discourse. It hurts our conversation. It hurts our ability to converse with each other. It makes us want to fight the other. I don't want to fight the other. The other is my brother or sister, but other and brother rhyme. So I'm going to go other and brother. The other is my brother. I don't want to fight them. I want to welcome them home. I want to have a conversation. I want to accept that my brother might do things differently in his house than I do in my house. And I'm okay with that. I still love him. And when he wants to come to my house, I still respect his views. And he respects my views when he's in my house. And I respect his views when I'm in his house. I don't say... Oh, my brother doesn't do what I'm doing. My brother's a murderer. That's what we're saying. How in the world are New Yorkers supposed to take that? When our governor says you don't wear a mask, you're a murderer. And you're not wearing a mask. He just called you a murderer. Not just that. He made it okay. He made it okay for your people around you, for your community to point their finger at you and call you a murderer. Well, if you're a murderer, do I really want to talk to you? Do I really want to be around you? You're a murderer. You don't wear a mask. So now what's happened? The mask now is a symbol. A symbol of rebellion or non-rebellion. A symbol of conformity or non-conformity. A symbol of do you support the governor or not. Now Now it's a virtue signal. What should have been a health issue is now virtual signaling. I don't want that. I remember when I did an event uh, last year, last summer, th- this year, last summer, I was at a couple of places where uh, they, ha- they had me in. We had about a dozen people or so at the event. 
I'm talking about the election season coming up, and I had to wear a mask. I didn't have to wear a mask, but I wore a mask because since this was indoors, His Majesty was sending his troops in to literally revoke liquor licenses and shut places down, like that place on Staten Island. So if I was up there without a mask, people took a picture of that and they saw it, they, they risked losing their livelihood. I didn't want to be responsible for that. So I got up and I wore the mask while I was talking, even though I was more than six feet away and whatever. It didn't matter. I was being socially distant anyway. I was doing it to make everybody comfortable who was in my event. Of course I was. But I still wore the mask anyway because according to the rules, if you remember, if you were standing up in a restaurant, you had to wear a mask. But if you were sitting down, you didn't have to. I was standing up talking, so I put a mask on. The amount of negativity I got on my social media for wearing a mask was embarrassing for the people who were giving me that. They were yelling, take that mask off. Blah, you're virtue signaling. No, I'm trying to save some guy's business from government thugs. That's what I'm doing. But you're so worried about your own virtual signaling of not wearing a mask that you would have me protest in this person's business and have them shut down so you can feel good about yourself? No. This whole mask thing should have never become political. Vaccines should have never become political. But we in a world now where R's and D's constantly look back and take every single thing they possibly can and make it political. And you might go, but not my Democrat. Yes, you're Democrat. Not my Republican. Yes, you're Republican. They do it. They do it. Now, Biden's savvy, and at least he's starting it off nice. I wish I had any confidence that it would end there. I have none. I I wish I did. And I hope I'm wrong. Oh, my God. I hope I'm so wrong. And I'm here a year from now and telling you how awesome Biden is. I've made a complete mistake, and he was the greatest guy. I hope I'm wrong. But I wouldn't take that bet if I were you. Odds are I'm right. And he's just prepping us for the hammer. Why? Or when are we going to understand that violence just begets violence? It's been around for a whole lot of years, hasn't it? People have been preaching it for thousands of years, and somehow we can't figure it out. I don't want violence. I want friendship. I don't want to punish. I want to be your brother. Yes, Larry Sharp, your brother, host of The Sharp Way Show. Please follow me on all the things, The Sharp Way, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all of them. Thank you so much for giving me your weekend. I will see you all next week.